We want to welcome those of you in the house, those who are on their way to the house. If you're thinking about, well, it's running a little late, you're not too late to come and eat. So come eat. You got to eat anyway. And uh, those of joining us online, welcome. It's good to welcome our Touch Heaven family. For all of our friends who have been included by Pastor Anwar and Anita, who are parts of this staff, our worldwide staff, we want to welcome our friends in, in the East, from Pakistan, and from wherever you're at. We welcome you for joining us, and we wish you, we bless you in this very, very wonderful time. Well, Ralph's already covered us in the Word, and I made a promise that um, to my wife, and I said, I'm not going to go long because they're bringing the food, and they're having the food, and there was a big discussion about what time to have it here? How will we keep it warm? And so I said, get it in here between 11 and 11.15, and I'm going to do my best to get us down there. Amen? So that we can dismiss and go down. You know, we hear so many times about the baby Jesus and the Jesus and the nativity, and that's a, this is the season for that, and it's a wonderful thing. But you know, we're those who have not only been able to be blessed by the coming of the Lord uh, as baby Jesus, but we're blessed because he's still uh, man-God. How many of you know that? He's still man-God. He didn't give up his personality as man. He just fulfilled it as also taking back his crown as king. I want to go over a few things and try to lead you quickly to a revelation that I believe is going to help you and help us as we want to proceed on and pursue the revelation of our Lord, especially in this time of preparing the way for our Lord. And so let's do this. Let's look at Genesis 1. Let's go back to the beginning because we're going to move very, very quickly. The Lord will help me. Let's go back to Genesis 1, very first verse, 1, and let's look. 1, 2, 3, we're going to go. In the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. Now remember, who creates all things? Jesus. By him are all things created, and nothing without him was created. So while we don't understand the three persons of the Godhead, this much we know that the assignment and the anointing and the actual work, if we shall say, of creating somehow moves through Jesus. Now, we know the Father speaks things into being, and for some reason or another, however it's done, it's a great mystery of God, we understand that all things by Him are created, right? That's the Word of God. That's not me building upon my own assumption. Now, first of all, God created the heavens and the earth. What heavens? We're talking about the first and second heavens. We'll get into that another day with the third heavens. The third heavens have had to be there all the time because that's where he is. The second heavens, we'll get into another time. The first heavens are the atmosphere, that which we see and breathe and have. So he created the atmosphere around the earth and he created the earth. It says in verse two, then the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. So the most we can try to comprehend is this fear was created. This fear, this mass that was called earth was created. And that also, even though we don't understand it and completely get it, all of the universe had been created. Everything was created by the Lord. 
Remember, God is timeless. God is eternal. We have to be able to conceive what he's doing with an eternal mindset. If we don't, we get caught up in arguments with science. They begin to say this is a billion and this is trillion and this is, it doesn't, it's irrelevant to us because our God is infinite and he's eternal. God can do things all at once. He can take time. They've never thought about that because they, because the scientists and physicists, they don't understand how to compress time. God compresses time, God expands time. God can put everything in a little thing and shake it all up and time can just explode however he wants it to be in a moment of divine time, correct? So get that in your mindset. The earth was without form and void. It means that there was nothing that we know that's been manifested on the earth that was existing at the time. We don't know what the void was, but it was void. So the creation that he begins to define and delineate in Genesis is is about to come forth in what otherwise is void. Now listen, and darkness, darkness, say darkness, because we're gonna get a concept of darkness and light here. Darkness was on the face of the deep. So the face of the deep is what? The face of the deep was this was before the waters and the seas. So this is the deep. This is the deep. This is the thing that we don't understand. This is beyond our sight and our comprehension. It's deep and it's dark. But, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So now we understand there was waters. And on these waters, this was all water. Somehow it was all water. It was all water. The Spirit of God was hovering over it. Case in point, when God moves upon something that's dark, the first person that is manifest is the Holy Spirit. Come on. The first person, not thing, the first person that manifests is Holy Spirit. It's as if the Holy Spirit is the commando arm of God. They go first. They go on, he goes undercover. He goes across the deep. He's there when nobody knows who he is or what he's doing. The Holy Spirit's moving. This should give you great encouragement for lost family members. This should give you great encouragement for situations and problems because when the Lord wants to bring light, what precedes light is Holy Spirit. Now, you may not have known it. I know it clearly now in my life that the Holy Spirit, Him, He, Holy Spirit, was hovering and moving over me who was in the dark, serving the dark and darkness. My whole environment was darkness. My mindset was darkness. My vision was darkness. My goals were darkness. My ambitions were darkness. The Holy Spirit was there. I didn't know he was there. He was there. And the Holy Spirit was beginning to draw me through the Father to the Son. No no one can come unto the Son unless he's drawn by the Father. No one can come to the Father unless he's invited by the Son. The Father proceeds after the Holy Spirit. So we see Jesus creates after the Holy Spirit is hovering and, and before the Holy Spirit is hovering, And then the Father begins to speak. Then God said, and why do we say the Father? Because Adonai, the interpretation in Hebrew that he gave us is Adonai. 
the Lord God is one. And so we understand the three persons of God, but we also understand this is God Father. The Father said, let there be light. And there was light. So somehow, if you will, the word was handed to the word. And the Father said, let there be light. And Jesus, the light of the world, created light. The first, oh, Quentin just got it. The very first manifestation of Jesus the light in the world was right there that we know about. The light. God said, let there be light. Now you're going to be able to get something. Case in point, and then we'll build on it. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. This is good stuff. Case in point. When God speaks something into being, when the word of God is declared from the scriptures and the Holy Spirit, the word of God is what? Inspired. Inspired by whom? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit would come upon the prophets. The Holy Spirit came upon John. The Holy Spirit filled Jesus Christ, the fullness of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit was upon Paul. The Holy Spirit is upon you and in you. And so this Holy Spirit is the one who is giving us the communication to understand the declaration of light. God said, let there be light. And then there was light. And you have to understand, this is the way I perceive it. The ultimate light of this world is Jesus Christ. Amen. So the light that we see is like what's instead in the Greek is apergosmoth. Apergosmoth is a reflection of light. Apergosmoth is as if the real core, the, the, the source of the light is reflecting and that's the light we get. I believe that the light that we live in in the world this is today is a reflection of the light of Jesus Christ, the creator, because he's the light. And he came into the world. And concept, doctrine. When God puts something in motion, God will complete what he begins. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. Nothing can interrupt what God wants to happen. The devil may try, flesh may fail. We may see all kind of different doctrines and understandings, but God will fulfill his word. Let there be light. Now, come on, I'm going to take you all the way up to the birth of Jesus. Keep going, keep going. Don't stop with the baby. Keep going. Jesus, Jesus, he's baptized. He comes up. He's filled with the Spirit. He goes into the wilderness. God sends him into the wilderness. He's tempted and tested so that he can say, I understand what you're tempted and tested with. I understand that, that money will try to grab you because the devil tried to give me all the kingdoms. I understand what it means to be hungry. I was hungry for 40 days. He tried to tell me to turn a rock into bread. He promised me something that really wasn't his to give, even though he's the prince of the world, because he knew when he was filled with the Spirit that all of that is ultimately his and the Father's anyway. And he told him, get behind me. Get out of here. Be gone, Satan. For it says that I shall worship the Lord and the Lord God only. The light spoke. And then we know the light went on the cross and the Christ was, cross was crucified. We know that he was raised by the glory of the Father, which is ultimate light. We'll talk about that in a moment. And we know that when someone is glorified that they have a brilliance about them, they don't look the same. 
When Moses was in the brilliance of the glory and the light, he reflected the light. We understand that whomever the light has come upon, like Paul, there's a transformation, there's a change. Blinded by the light, changed by the light. The light of Jesus Christ, listen to me now. The light of Jesus Christ is the brightness of the world right now. When the light comes on every morning, it's Jesus Christ flipping the switch. And it's an apogosma. It's a reflection of the ultimate light. That's why all of, oh, this is good stuff. That's why all of creation mourned when the light went out. When Jesus died, creation mourned. It became dark. And we can understand, and, 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 and I've seen some graphic illustrations on interpretations of those who are able to express themselves in art and video and movies and sound. The birds quit singing. The animals laid down and hid. All of creation got quiet because the light of the world was snuffed. He died. He died physically. He died spiritually. There'll be those who tell you, oh, that can't be. Listen to me. If he hadn't died spiritually, then you would have to. He can't be the Lamb of God who only half died. The soul that sins must die. That's the Word of God. So for him to become the substitute, the Lamb of God, for him to become the incarnation of all of mankind, who takes away the sins of the world, is able to present it. For him to do that for you and I, he had to die the death that we should die. Not the physical death, the spiritual death. Don't fear the one who can kill the body, but he the one that can declare you twice dead. There's a judgment day coming, isn't there? There's two of them. One's the judgment of, of the sinners, the unbelievers, the one that have not found themselves to Jesus Christ, however he does. And that judgment day is a determination of the intensity of hell, eternal hell that those who are damned will live in because it has degrees. But then there's another one. It's called the Bema judgment. And in the Greek, it's B-E-A-M, but, and it's called Bema is how it's pronounced. And that one is the blessings that come upon the believer. And there's no such thing as not being saved in the beam judgment. It's just that what did you do with what God gave you in the time that you have to do it with? And so there are those blessings that come that are eternal through that because God's a just, a just God. Now, let's go a little bit further. We've established Genesis. Let there be light. I don't have time to trace it all the way through the prophets and everything else, but this I can tell you, that this theme of the light, this understanding of the light, presses itself all the way through Scripture. Psalm 18, 28. For it is you who light my lamp. The Lord, my God, lightens my darkness. Now, you don't think David, the psalmist, was talking about, you know, that he was in his tent and he didn't have a torch. He was talking about the darkness of his life. He was talking about his flesh. He was talking about his failings. He was talking about all of the times that he counted himself to have failed God, the ones he knew and didn't know. And, you know, reflection has a way of showing us regrets, doesn't it? We 
can remember some of the things we did really good, but in my life, those aren't the ones that jump out at me. It's the ones that I did bad. It's the ones that I failed. It's the opportunities that I missed. It's the wasted time that grabs me. And I'm sure you're the same way. But David says, you'll light my lamp. What's the lamp? It's the spirit inside of you. That's your lamp. That's your spirit. David didn't have the same revelation and understanding we did, but he had a lot. And he said, the Lord God, my Lord God, will lighten my darkness. Isaiah 61, we preach it a lot here. Arise, shine, for your light is come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. And he's talking about this time in the world when gross darkness covers the earth. And he's talking about a darkness of the world system in the flesh. But even in that darkness, the light of the world is in here. But he's done something more than that. He's multiplied himself in spiritual light so that we become the light of the world with the light inside of us. And so now we're a whole bunch of torches running around in the darkness. I want you to perceive this. Look at this a moment. Turn the lights down, please. Turn them all the way down. All the way down. How many of you have a phone that you can put a light on with? Put your light on. I wish we could turn these off right now, but we can't because they'll lose the screen. They'll lose the TV. But I don't care about that. Hold your light up. Hold your light up. In fact, do something a little silly with me. Put it right on the top of your head. You are the light of the world. And the darkness that's in the spiritual world, that's in that heaven, that's looking down and pers- through the second heaven, which is where all of the spiritual things are flying, moving in and out, and even up from the third heaven and the Lord's throne, what he sees, because you have Jesus, he sees that light. That's the light that you are emanating. That's the light that you're showing. You're showing the light of God to the dark world. That's how you reflect. That's how you look. So that you understand it that you, even though, you can put the light back on, you, even though you are in this world, you're not of it. Because you're of the light. And the light has a reflection in this world. Come on now. But the core source of the light is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ in you. The shadow of Jesus Christ, the reflection of Jesus Christ is seen throughout the whole earth. That's why the psalmist said, no one has an excuse not to see God in the earth because my my reflection shines it everywhere. Jesus is the light of the world. You are the light of Jesus in the world. It's all about light. And light, by the way, is equated to glory. Glory. Look at this one. Um, John 9, 5. This is Jesus. While I am in the world, John 1, 5, he says, 9, 5, I'm sorry, 9, 5, John 9, 5. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Right? Is Jesus in the world now? Is he? That's a loaded question. Yes and no. Jesus, Lord God, 
is seated at the right hand of the throne, but Jesus in you is in the world. But he said, while I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world, but once I go, (laughs) you become the light of the world in Jesus Christ. Amen? So, let's go over some more. 1 John 1.5, this is the message that we have heard from him and proclaimed to you that God is light. Come on, say it. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Now, here's our dilemma. If Jesus is in me, and the Holy Spirit, right, and the Father, the three in one, if Jesus is in me, then I'm the light, and if I'm the light, how come I always don't do everything right? Hmm? It's because you're three beings. The spirit is lit up. Your spirit is lit up. Your soul has emotions and it gets triggered by this mind and this mind can go all over the place. And then you have the flesh. And the flesh does not understand how to live in the light. The flesh has been dying since you were born. The flesh shall decay and go away. And when it does, then this spirit is set free in the light. So we have to be those who minister the light within us, first of all, to overcome the issues of the darkness around us and the flesh and the mind. And that's why we go to Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. I want you to get this. I'm, I'm really pressing you hard. I'm downloading this fast to you because I promised my wife, and I have to live with her, that we would be done in time enough for the food not to get cold. It's sort of a Mary Martha thing right now. You understand it? Yeah. So this is, uh, let's go to Philippians 2, verses 5 through 8, please. Thanks for hanging with me, Tyler. Let this mind, let this mind, the mind of Christ, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus when? When he was man here on the earth, right? Which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, we understand that he was God incarnate. He's God in the flesh. He never sinned. We went through all of that last week. He was a perfect embryo. He was placed in the womb of Mary, not not impregnated so that there was an insemination of the seed of God with her egg. No, her egg had nothing to do with it. She was the womb. It was an embryo of Jesus Christ, the Son of God himself, placed inside of that womb who being in the form of God, he was made in the form of God, the original function of man. Now who knew how to create that embryo better than God the Father and Jesus Christ, the creator of all things. He knew what the perfect, perfect image of God is. And did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, because he's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, did not consider it wrong to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. I've taught you this before, but I wanna lay it down as a foundation again. 
That word is one phrase that comes out of a Greek word, say, ikonis. And ikonis means to empty oneself out. He made himself to empty out. He emptied out something, taking on the form of a bondservant, of a man, a servant to God, but not to God. So he was a servant to the Father. He, he, if you will, he demoted himself. He took on this form. And coming in the likeness of men. He came in the likeness of men, but yet he was God. And in that likeness of men, he had to empty himself of what? Some God stuff. The stuff that made him God only, he had to lay it down, and there was only one place for that to go, and it's called the glory of God. There's only one place for the glory of God to be, to be expelled into, but it's to the glory of God. It's to the Father. The Father is the one who became the storehouse for the glory of the Son. He laid it out. He gave it up. Took on the form of a bondservant, coming in the likeness of man. Next verse. And being found in appearance as a man, right? God in a man, Jesus' baby grew. He humbled himself. He took himself to an attitude. That's what the word says. Let this mind be in you. Get to this humility part. The humility part. And became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. The mind of Christ, the rejuvenated mind, the transformed mind, is one that pursues obedience to God. Now you say, but pastor, man, I try, but I fail. Just keep reminding your mind who your spirit is. Keep reminding your mind the word of God. Keep to reflection the fact that you're not condemned, but that you have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Remind your mind. Humble your flesh. Humble your mind. Train your mind. But pastor, how many times do I need to do it? All the time. All the time. There are so many circumstances in all of our lives. I don't know about you, but I can't make it through one day without having to remind my mind about who I am. Can you, Ralph? I can't make it one day. I wish I could tell you there was a day we just glowed around. We just floated and it was like ice skating. I just made it and did some twirls and everything was kumbaya. Doesn't happen. Because this mind wants to trail off into all kind of things. And when I myself, who already have a hard time keeping my mind stayed on a lot of things, there'll be somebody who'll come along. There'll be a phone call. There'll be something, some distraction. Something will come up. Something will pop up on that stupid phone that wants to take you somewhere else completely and you had nothing to do with it. I swear these phones, these phones have been trained to hear a conversation, to see where you're at, to know what you're doing, and all of a sudden something comes up to try and take you away. We call it a blessing, but I'm not sure. And so you've got to remind your mind about that. And last verse. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. God exalted him because he was able to have this mindset and to lay himself aside unto the obedience of God. And God exalted him and gave him a name above every name. Okay, I have so many other verses, I don't have time to get into them. Let's go back to this. And so the light. All of creation. 
all of our understanding that we can grasp in what we've received in the, in the Word is the conflict in the ultimate victory of light over darkness. It starts in the very beginning. The light came to invade the darkness. Isaiah said he was coming in so many different ways. Many of the prophets said he was coming. The psalmist said the light was coming. There's over 60 some verses and plus that I was beginning to research that all talk about the light, the ultimate light. The gospel's full of the light. The Pauline revelation is full of the light. John is full of the light. We see it in all of the scriptures. Peter, it's all about the light, the light, the light, the light, the light, the light, the light. The light overcoming the darkness. Here's the point in place to take back to the beginning when I laid the first foundation. The Father spoke, Adonai, let there be light. And Jesus Christ himself brought light into the darkness. The light came into the world. The light himself in the world went into the heavenly places, he said, so I could send you one who's greater than I. He doesn't mean greater than him in the pecking order of God the Father, God the Son, Holy Ghost. He meant greater to us for what we needed and what, we, and what our assignments are in the kingdom of God. And that's the light to become the light of the world. And so because of the Holy Spirit hovering over your darkness and preparing the way, the light is able to penetrate and to come in. God isn't done with the light. Gross darkness is covering the earth, but glory of the Lord is risen in you. You are growing brighter, and the earth and the world system is growing darker. And remember now, don't be those who follow fallacies and fables and think that the whole world is going to become light and then Jesus is going to come back. No. The whole world's going to get darker and darker. So dark that if he didn't come back, it wouldn't survive. But, to contrast that, it's as if you're going to adjust your screen with the light that you want. You can turn it all the way bright because that's how you look in the world and to the face of God. And as it gets darker, you get brighter. And it must get darker for you to get even brighter because when the light comes back from the heavenly places and he lands his feet back here on the earth, he's not coming as a baby. We all know that. He's coming as the king of kings with thousands of angels with him. Just a little thought. I might teach on this a little bit about the legions of angels because I sort of became overwhelmed with it. And, and I don't I don't promote angels a lot, and I always caution you, don't think that you can tell angels what to do. There's only one captain of the Lord of hosts. You can ask him what to do. He'll send angels. He'll do what he wants to do. You don't have authority over angels. If an angel listened to you, they're out of the kingdom. Huh? Yeah. I know there's some who teach you that, you know, but it's, it's not true. But think about this. Jesus said in Matthew, he said, don't you know that I could summon 10 legions of angels, and they would come here in an instance. He knew who he was on his way to the cross. He understood the power and the authority that he had. He was filled with the Spirit of God. All of the revelation of everything that he needed from the beginning of time till the end was already compressed and available to him. He wasn't looking and grasping for an understanding of who he was or what he was about to do or what he needed to do. He got it. He got it. Have you considered what a legion is? 
what a Roman legion was? It was at least 6,000 soldiers. At least 6,000. He said, I could summon, I could summon at least 10 if not 12 legions, 72,000 angels would come at my very beckoning. When you understand that, you understand how ominous and powerful and, and, the, and the suffering and the commitment that Jesus Christ made to become the light. But he said, I must go to send you one who's greater than I for the very creation that God spoke in the beginning and that I began in the light back in Genesis that you became aware of. The function and mission of the light is not over. We're basically at half-life. Half-life meaning what? Not a continuum of time. A continuum of the fulfillment of what God wants to do with light. Fast forward, what's it say in Revelation? That new heaven, that new earth, you won't need any light, you won't need any sun, for the light will be day and night because you're in the presence of Jesus Christ, the light. Total light. So the light's coming. Jesus Christ is coming again. And the glory of the Lord, the glory of the Lord is in you. We've discussed that so many times. I don't have time to go there anymore now. John 17, 5, I pray that you give me back the glory that I had with you always before the world was. That's what Jesus Christ is praying. That's the light. It's the only thing we know. The glory, the glory, when it shines, it's light. And then he says in, in John 17, 20 through 23, he says, Father, I pray that they be one even as we are one, you and me, me and you, we and them. And the glory that you have given me, I give to them. And that glory is his light. That glory is the God stuff. That glory is the same thing that Jesus Christ now says, I'm sharing it with my bride, with my church, with the children, Father, that I present to you. You see, there's only one way to fellowship with the Father, and that's by being gloried. If you're not glorified, if you're not gloried, you can't fellowship with the Father. It's like mixing oil and water. It doesn't happen. So we go through the blood of Jesus. We receive the spirit of glory. And that same spirit that raised him from the dead is in you. And he was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. So the Holy Spirit is ministering the glory of the Father. And Jesus Christ spoke the words, Father loves me because no man takes my life. I take it myself and I will lay it down and I will bring it back up. All of that fullness of the light and the glory is in you and me. We are the light of the world. So this Christmas season, yes, it's good to the baby in the manger. And it's good to, to, to wonder about the shepherds. It's good to wonder about the wise men. It's good to wonder about everything that, that, that brings us those goosebumps that we love to sing and feel at Christmas, but it's better to understand who you are right now as co-heirs with Christ of light. He's coming back for his church and we are called the bride. And the bride that he's gonna take is without spot and without wrinkle. That means filled with the light. That means pressed by the light. That means purified by the light. The light of the Lord shines upon you and shines upon me. 
We are those who are called to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. Light is like light. We prepare first of all by making sure that this light shines bright, that you haven't put it under a bushel, that you haven't left it at home, that you didn't leave it when you got saved last year, 10 years, 20 years, 50 years ago, that you haven't figured out that and assumed that somehow you're retired. I, I still don't get that. I don't understand how people retire from the kingdom of God, but I can tell you this much. Those I see retired, they don't live too long. They retire and then they're gone because they don't have any appointment anymore. So I guess if you want to live long, just keep serving God. Strong and then gone. When it's done, he'll decide. He'll take you home. He'll wind you down. Let your light shine. Let my light shine. Let our light shine. And take your candle out and make it bright. Hold it bright. Hold it bright before the Lord. And you know what? If it's got a little dim on it, if there's been a little bit of dust thrown upon it, let the Holy Spirit hover blow it off. Confess your sins unto the Lord because He's just. He will once again make your flame as bright as the brightest candle because the light Himself paid the price to turn you on to the bright light. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed, please. People online with me wherever you're at. No matter what you've gone through, no matter who you think you aren't, no matter what you're carrying, no matter your burdens or your problems or your troubles, no matter your sins, there's a way today to be able to be the light. Not only to be the light, but to be a bright light. If your light's gotten dim, now's a good time to recharge it. So I invite you. I invite you here in this house and I invite you there, online, wherever you're at, my friends those who are scattered to the four corners of the earth, accept that this message was meant for you. From your Lord, your Savior, your Father in heaven. And that the Holy Spirit has got you and hovering all over you and has been. In your darkest time, He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's walked through there with you. In the times when you wondered if you were all by yourself and no one was there, He's there and He was there. But right now, I'd like to just invite you to this simple little invitation. And those who are here with me, if you'd help me by repeating, say, Father, I believe you're God. Jesus Christ, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you came on the earth as God, but as man. You died for my sins, even though you had never sinned. You took my punishment. You descended into hell, and you resurrected by the glory. And because of that, I know that I know that I too can be saved. I confess my sins. And I ask you, Father, to forgive my sins. 
Jesus to wash me clean by your blood. Holy Spirit, to never leave me, to come inside of me. And I ask you, Jesus, to help me to keep you as my Lord forever and forevermore. Father, keep me by your name. Holy Spirit, fill me, help me, comfort me, take me. Jesus, thank you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen and amen. If you've made that prayer today and that declaration, I'd like you to just reach out. If you're watching on Isaac or Eternal, reach out to them. Tell them, I just received the Lord. Somebody will be there to help you and to bless you, if not today, shortly. Reach out to our ministry at touchheaven.com. We'd like to hear from you. We'd like to know about you. If you send us your address, we'll send you a Bible and something else. We're not asking you to become part of a mailing list. We don't really do that. But we'd like to know and celebrate that with you. And if you're able to, get yourself to a Bible-believing, spirit-filled church that believes in the fullness of God and the power of the Word of God and the power of His Holy Spirit. Would you do all that, please?